The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our look at the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part two of our look at the Survivor cards. We are going to review A Chance Encounter Level 0, Bait and Switch, Oops, and Rise to the Occasion. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular deck get a blessed token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or are bad for the game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tour of your choice, and claim your rewards. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much, I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part two of our look at the survivor cards. We're going to start off with a chance encounter. It is a one cost event that has willpower and intellect skill icons. The fortune trait, choose an ally asset in any player's discard pile. Put that asset into play under your control at the end of the round. If that asset is still in play, discard it. Thoughts about a chance encounter. I wish this card had fast on it. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer, but mm -hmm. at least at least it puts the ally into play so you don't have to then waste an additional action getting it into play. Cuz like if you had to do that this card wouldn't function, but yeah. as it is, it's okay. I can see why it's in the box for for Ashcan Pete to be able to like get Duke back out in case he goes down for some reason. And it's okay. also kind of nice to grab maybe Peter or Stray Cat or something along those lines and use their abilities again, but this card's pretty yeah. niche. Yeah, I was thinking art student. Mm. You know, you can like bring bring back your art student, you know, get another clue. I think my issue with Enchant's Encounter is that it costs it costs an action to play. And then it has to have an ability so you're not gonna keep it beyond the end of the round. So that's a maximum one enemy phase for taking you know taking damage or horror for you or if it has like a persistent ability like say dr balan that is maximum two actions you know barring shenanigans but that's like two actions you're gonna get to use the the ally that you bring back out spending an action just to get like say plus one on two uh on two investigates you know, like that's it like yeah so you're looking at allies that have an ability when they hit play or have like some sort of one-shot ability so stray cat art student lab assistant yeah but even so pretty niche this card works uh, extremely well with art student i have been uh, using it lately for that purpose and it has uh, discovered many a clue for me at high shroud locations yeah i wish it was fast too but that would probably make it too good so you are yeah. basically only getting two actions unless you have some sort of trick like you're using duke or uh using uh, leo de luca the ally is discarded at the end of the round. There is a very powerful neutral ally, the red-gloved man, who is going to discard himself anyway. 
This can get him back, which is is pretty good. It is a way to to get some cheap soak, which uh, can be useful if you know you're going to be taking an attack during the enemy phase. You grab whatever you can. You can grab allies from other players' discards piles, but uh, I don't know how often you would do that in multiplayer, considering most people have their allies for a reason, and so just if you're not playing Guardian and you just grabbed a beat cop, I mean, I could see situations where that might be useful, but I think generally speaking, you're probably going to be grabbing something out of your own discard pile. How would you rate this one? I'm debating between a Bless and an Elder thing, personally. It's like pretty niche in the decks that you'd want to use it in. And even then, you really like have to build around using this effect to really get but even like... Then does chance encounter like make the whole thing come together i think barring charlie kane probably not i'm gonna land on an elder thing like it yeah. even in the decks that you would want to put this in it's not like the linchpin of those decks so yeah it's an extra bonus like getting to use a um an art student uh, an additional time yeah i'd say mm -hmm. an elder thing as well because like if you happen to have space for something like this and you happen to have the right suite of allies yeah then just go for it there might be some tricks in multiplayer, but they're not they're not they're not exactly something to write home about. So yeah, I'd say Elder Thing. I'm gonna give this one a zero. I have uh played this one in a couple of different decks and it has performed uh pretty well for what it does. I think it's nice if you're playing Ashcan Pete. I mean Duke is so critical to your game plan that losing Duke is is pretty traumatic. And so having a way of getting him back for at least a turn is is pretty good. There is a level 2 upgrade in the Pallid Mask, which returns uh, an ally to play permanently, although it does uh, cost slightly more. Although in the decks that I have played this card, I have found the level 0 version to be sufficient. But uh, that was a deck using Red Gloved Man, and he's going to leave anyway, so playing the level 2 version didn't make... Uh, make a whole lot of sense for that but uh, I think this card is pretty good I think it actually allows you to do some pretty clever plays especially with a card like art student and and some of the newer allies that have come into play effects that uh, that are available out there the next card is bait and switch it is a one cost event with intellect and agility skill icons and the trick trait Evade. If you succeed, if the enemy is non-elite, evade the enemy and move it to a connecting location. Thoughts on bait and switch? This is a card I really want to like, but never really works out the way you want it to a lot of the time. A lot of the enemies that you evade either don't have Hunter, so you kind of just don't really care, or... They have Hunter, and they're going to move eventually anyway and catch up with you. So you need to be in a situation where you need to like be close to resigning or be caught in some choke point, and moving the enemy away at least like, like allows you to get further past the scenario. And those situations don't come up very often. So I don't know. Yeah. This could be like a card maybe you include for House Always Wins and then take it out of your deck once you're got some experience under your belt but yeah i don't know and especially with it having two different icons doesn't help its case either yeah at least it costs like, one 
Yeah, you, well, the way you mentioned choke points, Dunwich does have a few of those. Like, House Always Wins does. Extracurricular activity, kind of. Yeah. Essex County Express, that sounds fun. You can, like, shove something behind you. <laughs> you know, that's, that seems pretty great. Let's see. Okay, because non-elite. Okay, so it works in Undimension and Unseen. And it's probably pretty good in where Duma waits because you can, like, shove things to the side. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can see situations where you would want a card like this, but at the same time, I feel like most decks are just geared towards combat. Yeah. And that tends to be a more efficient way of dealing with enemies. Exactly, exactly. Like, I want to like this, but I think in practice, I prefer the core card Survival Instinct. Because Survival Instinct kind of does a similar effect. It gets you away from the baddie. Well, more than one baddie, in fact. It costs nothing. And it gives you a boost because it's a skill card. So yeah. then what that means is that when would you want to use bait and switch over survival instinct? Yeah, I guess there are some situations, there are some cases in Dunwich. Like, let's say you're playing Rex, right? And you you hit a location that is, and there's a few of these in Dunwich that are like one shroud, three per investigator clues. So you're going to be sitting there a while getting all those clues. And then you get like an enemy jumps on you. Yeah, I can see bait and switch working then. Mm -hmm. yeah because you don't want to use survival instinct because you don't want to get away from the location but you're going to be staying there a while yeah see it working there it's still pretty niche though yeah that's that's one of the things that i primarily thought about is if there's a bunch of clues at your location survival instinct makes a lot of sense in all in most situations except the times yep. you actually want to stay at a location to discover all the clues or you can use this to, say, push an enemy towards the the investigator responsible for enemy management, so it saves them a move. You can also use this to set up Dynamite Blast. Potentially, if there's another enemy next door, you push this into it, and then suddenly your, your Dynamite Blast is working a lot more effectively. But uh, a lot of those situations are hard to plan for most of them you're just going to they're going to come up in a game and you're going to be like well bait and switch would have worked here but since i'm not playing that card i guess we'll figure out another way to to solve the problem yeah. and uh i have been able to do that pretty much without playing this card for most of my arkham career at this point so the card just doesn't really see a ton of play there is a level three upgrade in the uh, clutches of chaos mythos pack that uh, is more versatile than this one but uh, yeah i think this one boils down it's just it's sort of the effect is interesting but it's tricky to use effectively and uh, i mean i guess the the one reason you might want to play this over survival instinct is maybe in wendy simply because she has a preference for events that she can recycle and you might get a couple uses out of this depending on on the situation but uh, yeah this is not a card that i have uh, much experience playing how do we rate this one i think this one holds on by its pinky nail to the elder thing token i can see enough situations within core and dunwich where this type of effect would be pretty useful even in the first scenario of the uh, the gathering as well like you know, there's that choke point of the hallway and being able to push ghouls out of the way so you can kill the ghoul priest can be pretty useful. So 
I feel like the scenario design does give you enough uh, allowance, I guess, to mm-hmm. to warrant this maybe as a one of. I wouldn't play two of this, but maybe as a one of. Yeah, this feels like card number thirty in your deck, where uh, you know if you, if you find something else that like enhances your deck concept like at all, then it, it replaces this. But it's not like absolutely terrible. So yeah, I can go with. Uh, uh, elder thing as well yeah the uh the price is certainly right on this one at uh at one resource if you are leaning into the dark horse build that the uh that uh, dunwich is certainly encouraging you to do uh, this is one of the cheaper events available uh, so it's uh not uh, as difficult to play as say cunning distraction or something like that I'm willing to give it an elder sign as well, or a, not an elder, elder sign, thing. an elder thing. Sorry. Yeah, it's. I could see playing it, but it's just it's not a card that I immediately gravitate toward, especially if I was playing a scenario for the first time. I think this card might actually get better if you say played a scenario a couple times or played a campaign and you sort of realized okay and. You know, I'm playing X scenario. Bait and switch can help me in this sort of situation, and then I'll I'll upgrade out of it into something different after that scenario. But uh, yeah, this this type of effect is kind of difficult to use, and then you've you've got survival instinct there, which I think is probably better in in most uh, most circumstances. So this one's uh, tough to include. The next card is Oops. It is a two-cost event that has two combat skill icons, the fortune trait fast. Play after you fail a skill test by two or less while attacking an enemy engaged with you. Deal this attack's damage to a different enemy at your location. I understand uh, why they did that from a thematic standpoint, but uh, I mean, what I don't understand is this is obviously the combat version of Look What I Found, and... I think this card would be a whole lot better if it, much like Look What I Found, just said, say, deal two damage to an enemy at your location. What do you guys think about this one? Mm, Yeah, it's tough. What I also don't care for is the art in this card. It makes no sense. Like, I don't... The enemies aren't attacking one another. They're just kind of coming at you. It's weird. This is a weird card, I think, just in general. Yeah, you're just really not in many situations where multiple enemies are engaged with you and you're failing an attack and you also want to spend two resources to deal damage to something. It's just two resources. It is a lot. Yeah. So in Dark Horse, it's awkward because you can't. Yeah. Two resources is awkward in Dark Horse. And Wendy has one combat. Yeah. I, I don't know. At least it has two matching icons, so if you need overpowers three and four, this can be that, I guess. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, I don't know. Okay, when would I want this? When does this kick in? Okay, you fail skill test with your last ball, attacking an enemy engaged with you, deals attacks and damage to a different enemy at location. Okay. Does it work with Swarm? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Nate. Don't open that door. Because, <laughs> like, Do like if it works with Swarm, then sure. Then you could use it with, against Swarm enemies. Deal this attack's damage to a 
different enemy at your location. Okay, so you don't have to be engaged with both of them. That's good. But you do need that situation where you have two enemies in the same location with you, which already doesn't happen very often. And, and it has to be damage. It can't be horror that it deals. So... Oh, it's oh, that's right. It's this attack's damage. Oh, yeah, well, you're the one doing the attack, so your attacks only do damage. Very, it's weird. Yeah, it, yeah, it is weird. I see what you're saying. Okay, deal this attack damage to a different enemy at your location, and then white space that could have been some flavor text. So I guess it's like okay. So I guess the art is like you're trying to shoot at the one in front of you, but you shoot at the one behind you instead. I guess. Oh yeah, you can see the little bullet hitting the guy's head, like in the back. <laughs> you can kind of see I, it. Uh... This, uh, you know what, and you know what, also, there's some flavor fail, because this really should have had quotation marks, like, look what I found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really should have, and it should have had really funny art, but it fails on both counts. And it doesn't even have any, uh, any um, flavor text. It's just got white space. I have played this card in a uh, combo Wendy deck back in the day, primarily for the two combat skill icons, not the text. Uh, so I guess if you need, like you said, overpower three and four, uh, there aren't, I don't think there are many other cards besides this and overpower that actually give you two combat skill icons. That's that's very rare, but I mean... Not at this point in the card pool. Really, yeah. surely there are better cards that you can put in your deck that will be more effective than than just besides the icons. I guess I mean one of the, the the key targets I think for this in at least in Dunwich could be the Whooper Wills who are really annoying because they're aloof and you'd have to engage them and say you're at a site you know you're at a location with another enemy and there's a Whooper Wills flying around and the Whooper Wills cause you to miss the attack because of their their skill modifier and then you kill the Whooper Wills I guess that's an option but. Yeah, here's another card. Much like Bait and Switch, this is not a card I have played outside of that that one particular deck for the two combat skill icons. And uh, honestly, I don't foresee myself playing this in many a Survivor deck. Honestly, I don't see myself playing this in many a Survivor deck uh, going forward. There is a level 2 upgrade in the Return to the Dunwich Legacy. Again... Return to the Dunwich Legacy, unfortunately, is filled with a lot of upgrades for some of the the worst cards in this set for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, how would we uh, rate this one? I think this one is also clinging on to the Elder Thing token because of its two icons. That alone, I think, is enough to make a card playable, honestly. Oh, the at two icons? In, at least in standard difficulty. Like once you get into hard and expert, then this card kind of falls off the radar entirely. Uh, not good enough for me. I'm gonna give it a tentacle. Just play overpowers instead and don't miss. How about that? Yeah, it's it's really funny to compare this card to look what I found. Look what I found, basically being a, a staple of almost every survivor deck that can play it. And then it's combat counterpart, which doesn't see play and really. I think I agree with you, Matastrophic. The the two combat skill icons aren't enough to save a card with such a 
a bad effect. So this one uh, gets a tentacle from me as well. Surely there are uh, there are better cards that uh, that you can play. And even if you're playing, say, Zoe, who can take this card, she's got better options that she can deal with uh, that uh, that she can take. So uh, this one is uh, staying in the box for me. If you could use it to deal two damage to the same enemy you were trying to attack and you did not need two enemies at the location, then I think it'd be kind of fine. Um, whereas, look what I found. It doesn't say you have to discover two clues from another location. It doesn't say any of that, you know? So it's, it would be appropriate. Yeah, it's it's such a weird thing. Like, look what I found. It's like, I failed investigating. Oh, here are two clues anyway. Like, it seems like it would have been so simple for them to say, like, oh, I failed to shoot an enemy. Here's two damage anyway. But that's, unfortunately, that's not what happens. You, It's that the fact that you have to have a different enemy at your location that really sort of sinks this one. Because, like you said, that just doesn't really happen all that often. Maybe more often in multiplayer. But it's pretty rare when I play solo that I've got two enemies bearing down on me. So... The final card we're going to look at is a skill. This is Rise to the Occasion. It has three wild skill icons, the innate trait. Commit only to a skill test you are performing, and only if the difficulty of that skill test is at least two higher than your base skill value. So this is similar to the Seeker card, Inquiring Mind, that is also in the box. Both have three wild skill icons. Both have... A uh, requirement in the case of Inquiring Mind, there has to be a clue at your location. And for this one, you have to have relatively low skill values compared to uh, the target. What do you guys think about this one? Well, this is certainly not Inquiring Mind. Uh, It's not terrible. It does combo very nicely with other skill cards. So, like, say Mm -hmm. you need to evade a really difficult enemy... You can like use this to get you a pretty good chunk of icons and then combo it with something else like survival instinct. Yeah. And then that's pretty good. But if you're not using a lot of skills, this isn't great. It is nice in Ashcant Pete as well. Say you use Duke for a turn, you move and investigate a location, you, you can commit rise to the occasion on the second investigate. Yeah. Or if you don't need it, you can pitch it and then ready duke and use yeah. it for something else which is nice yeah i like that i like how ash Pete has like every card in his hand wendy too by the way every card in her hand like has an alternate use so that is that's pretty nice it really kind of helps a lot of survivor cards to be honest because the cost of playing like a very niche card that may or may not be useful is much lessened for the two of them because they can always be pitched to do something else mm-hmm. okay the rest of the occasion all right so this isn't going to be great in all investigators because you're okay, so you're looking at tests where you your base value is probably like two or less. You know, like the the like the number on your investigator card is like two. So because it's really rare to find like a five evasion enemy for Ashcan Pete to use this on. You know, it's rare. I think most often you're probably going to use it to investigate a four shroud location. Yeah, with Ashcan Pete. Because uh, yeah. he has two intellect base, so you can commit this and then maybe commit something else or combo. Look what I found with it to grab two clues. Yeah, one thing that is really nice about this is that okay, so it's base skill value. So some a little bit of rules is that 
So that is the number on your investigator card. It does not include things like magnifying glass or beat cop or holy rosary or anything like that. So what that means is, um, and that's something I'm going to actually plug here for Ashcan Pete. That means if Ashcan Pete is playing like magnifying glass and rise to the occasion, like he's in a pretty good place to deal with um, like four shroud. Yeah, four shroud loca um, locations. Yeah. It's not bad. I think in certain investigators, it's a lot better than others. Honestly, I'm thinking Min from Carcosa because it lets her evade things that are tough to evade. I don't really like this card in this particular set. I think it's quite difficult to use effectively in in all of the investigators that could take it, like Ashcan, Agnes, and Wendy. You're basically... In all of those investigators, you're using it just for investigating, and it doesn't really, you can't really play this against, you know, to fight or evade simply because they're, the the combat, uh, the base skill values, even at two, it's too high a lot of the time, like you just can't use this effectively. This card's stock goes way up once you get some of the investigators that have ones across the board namely uh, Calvin from the Forgotten Age, Preston from uh, the Circle Undone, and uh, Charlie Kane, who will be released in uh, the, or the Scarlet Keys. All of them have ones across the board. That makes this a lot more versatile. There is a level 3 upgrade in the Return to the Dunwich Legacy that changes the restriction and adds more wild skill icons, which makes this card a lot easier to play. In, in a variety of investigators, but I think in this particular set, uh, I just think you've probably got uh, got better options. How would we rate this one? I think in Wendy, this is probably an elder thing because you have lockpicks. In Ashcan oh, Pete, yeah. it's probably a zero because like you were saying earlier, Matt, you've got that kind of like back pocket ability to just discard it in Ready Duke, which is always handy. I think overall, I'm going to give it an elder thing. I think it's okay. You know, if you really need a way to investigate, which I think is primarily the way that you're going to use this within the context of Corrin Dunwich, then it's okay. You know, maybe you help the team out by grabbing a couple extra clues here and there with this card. But yeah, I think apart from that, it's not really that useful. I'd feel a lot better about this card if certain investigators could reliably use this on willpower tests. The problem is the investigators who can take this, their willpowers are already pretty good. Like Wendy's is four, Ashcan's is three, Agnes's is five. Yeah, like Rex's, Rex is three, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the investigators who I'd want to take this, I'd want, to, I'd want this card for something like a really important willpower test that like I really want to throw everything into um, in order to um, in order to pass it. Like, um, like say frozen in fear, which is like really nasty if that stays on you for a while. But like I said, the problem is is that the investigators who can take this, their willpowers are too high. So I think I'm gonna give this an elder thing because it doesn't give you like the Hail Mary willpower test that you like really want. Yeah. I played this card shortly after it was released in an Ashcan Pete deck and found it very disappointing. <laughs> it was one of those cards, I kept taking skill tests. And I'm like, well, I've got this Rise to the Occasion in my hand, and I was never able to use it. 
because of the uh, Ashcan Pete's base skill values were just high enough. I'm going to kind of break our rules here, and I think, I mean, in, in Core and Dunwich, this is definitely an Elder thing. It's just not a card that I would play, but I'm going to give it a Bless token simply because I don't want to give people the wrong impression that this card is is bad, because it gets much, much better once you get those investigators that have ones across the board, and suddenly... This applies to a whole lot of tests uh, that they are that they are taking. Yeah. So keep that in mind. You know, maybe not play this in Ashcan, Agnes, and Wendy, but this is one of those that you can that does get way better once uh, once your card pool expands and the level three upgrade is is uh, is pretty nice as well because it does change up that. Uh, at least two higher, so it, it makes it a little more easier to play than uh, than this version. Yeah, that's actually a really important point. Um, and it's not just Preston and say Calvin and Charlie Kane who do well with this. Like personally, I find um, like Finn Edwards from Forgotten Age, like his real Achilles heel is his one willpower. He can take rise to the occasion, and then all of a sudden he's at four willpower for dealing with uh, like frozen fear. Um, so that is a really good point. Like once the card pool expands, once your card pool expands and you start having, you start getting investigators that have like really lopsided stats, um, then this gets better. Yeah. And I, and I'd say like the, the obvious target for this would be Wendy due to her one combat, but I don't just think don't Wendy's fighting all that often. So including yeah. this just to kill some rats or something like that is not, uh, not really ideal. So that's going to do it for our look at the uh, second batch of Survivor cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. Let us know in the comments down below what you think. Any final thoughts? And the first the first set of Survivor cards were cranked all the way up to 11. And oh, then man, they, right. it seems like they just turned the dial all the way back down to 1 for this batch. Yeah, we got some really niche cards this time. Like, really niche. Yeah. Except for maybe Rise of the Occasion, that's a little less niche. But still, it's in Core Dunwich, it kind of is. Yeah, it's pretty uh, startling, the uh, the shift from Elder Sign, Elder Sign, etc., etc., to uh, a lot of Elder Things and uh, Elder Things that are like... <laughs> that are hanging on by fingernails to uh, to avoid becoming tentacles. Yeah, we yeah, got to like, scratch uh... our heads to figure out like where they're useful at all, you know? Okay. Yeah, the uh, the survivors got, uh, and I think that's going to be the case with the upcoming reviews as well. In in parts three and four, the uh, the survivors were heavily front loaded in the first uh, in the first batch, and uh, it's going to be uh, some uh, pretty slim pickings going forward. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail .com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.